So he, he, here's what I have for you today. You, are you ready? Ready. ready. Oh, that was pretty poor. Uh, are, are you ready to hear something today that will literally change your life? And it's simply two things. Are you ready to hear that? Yes. So here, here's what I want to try to do with you. I, 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 I'm going to get you to take out your, your, your bulletin. I don't have teaching notes for you today. Take out that piece of paper in front of you. I want you to have a pen ready. You might need to actually share pens. Be nice and share pens with one another. And, and, and I simply want to give you a, an image that I think um, will help us understand how it is that we can live the greatest life possible if we will do and follow two of God's greatest commandments. That's it. So I'm not going to give you a list of ten things. I'm not going to give you a list of five things. I'm, I'm simply going to give you two things that I believe God says. If you follow these two things, you will have a greater life than, than, the, than the life that you are following right now. Are you ready for that? So I'm going to uh, pull out my faithful pen. I'm going to use a whiteboard today. So for those of you who are guests, you're going to see some of the most artistic work that you'll ever see in your life. Uh, I've, uh, Kurt, the, there's the door. Um, but, but literally, I have sold this artwork uh, for $1,000. That's all I'll say. So here, here's the image I want to give you. So I have conversations, I have a lot of conversations, and it doesn't make any difference if it's people in their, in their, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or 100. I had, the, I had a recent conversation uh, right before Amy Kaysling died at the age of almost 105, and the subject matter was around this theme that I want to talk to you about today. And it's simply this. We, we typically uh, um, talk about, uh, or, or we can talk about life using uh, what some call uh, as the bell curve, right? Yeah, that's not something new for anybody, right? And, and, and so on this bell curve, what we know is, and in fact, I want to just stop right here for a second because I want to make a little indent, right there, indention, right, or make it really bold right there. Because I, I, I just want to say to you that I'm going to plant a seed with you today about a new strategic initiative that we're going to be taking on as the church and that is that we're going to be focusing uh, a lot of our attention and resources on early childhood education. Uh, we're going to be focusing on children from uh, birth through six years of age. Uh, because we know that if that period of time is not, uh, if we're not really uh, preparing children uh, in that period of time, the rest of their lives are going to be impacted. Do you all know that? So let me give you a quick statistic. Uh, Lee County is in the, I believe that there are 77 dis, uh, school districts in Lee County, and we are sixth from the bottom in, in, in VBK readiness in the state of Florida. Uh, here's a startling statistic. This has nothing to do with the sermon, I just decided. So, um, so he, he, here's the other thing. Um, uh, uh, the, uh, the state of Florida, the state of Florida determines how many jail beds there will be, jail and prison beds based on third grade reading levels is one of the major qualifiers for how many beds we're going to have, third grade reading level. So we're going we're, we're to try to move the needle. We're going to try to really invest in early childhood education. So anyway, let me go back to my bell curve. So the bell, this bell curve uh, really says that you know, we, we have life, we, we, we grow, and, and, we, and we just go you know, decade by decade, and in those decades, and then what happens up here is um, because we know that we live in southwest Florida, we know that there are a lot of people who come here to, 
to do that thing called retirement. And, 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 and so you, you thought, man, I'm going to, in fact, I had a conversation with a guy this week. He says, I really thought I was going to come down here and be extremely abundantly happy. And all of a sudden, life is so different than what I expected it to be. And, and so there's, there's in this bell curve, and every generation, every decade, excuse me, every decade has these questions about how, what does it mean to have vital life? What does it mean to have this life that is really exuberant, that really is fulfilling, that is, that is something that, um, that just brings joy to my life and has more joy in my life than it does pain and hardship and, and things that the world throws at me? So, so we're, we're looking at this, at, at this and, we're, and we're looking here. But what, what happens when we're right there? What, what happens in our lives? And then we know that that the, 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 then there's this thing called this downward momentum. And, and we all know what this is down here, right? We know what this is, is, right? So can we say the word? I mean, is it so painful that we can't say? It's called death. All right? Was that a shock to you? Man, you sh I, w I wish I had a camera right now. I, I, it's like amazing. Uh, so um, so we, we, we have this life cycle. And, and so what happens is we, we ask ourselves our questions. What do we have to do in order to be able to live the most uh, prosperous, the most exciting, the most uh, uh, life that will be a benefit to us and a benefit to others? And so there's two things, simply two things. So what I want to try to do with you this morning is highlight these two things and to, then just to challenge the heck out of you. Challenge the heck out of you to figure out how is it that you align your life with these two uh, commandments that God gives to us in order for us to live the kind of life God wants us to live and in order for us to have this uh, life that is not going to stop here. See what I want? If you draw on this bell curve, draw this. Because here's what God really wants. Because there, when, we, when we are in fellowship with God, uh, right here, when we start to take this bend, and we're asking ourselves, what's going to happen? And, and, and sometimes there are those things like uh, arthritis that hits the hands, and, and, and it's just not easy to get up off the floor anymore after playing with my granddaughter. It's just kind of tough. So here's what God wants. God says, forget about this bell curve. Ready? What God wants is that we just take this line, go straight up. Can anyone tell me what's up here? Thank you very much. You guys are so smart. And, and so, so if, 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 you, if you think about it, that God is in our conception and that God weaves us together in the chemicals in our mother's womb and, and we come together and we're forming this being and then we go from this being and we just keep on growing, growing, growing and we are in alignment with these two commandments that we're going to talk about and that, that God does not want us to do this hump here to say, man, I'm going downward but I've got this life that is just pulling me upward. And that's the kind of life God wants for us. So listen for this passage of Scripture. I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. Now, some of you may say, well, didn't we just hear that text? Yeah, so last Friday when I looked at the bulletin before our superintendent came to preach last Sunday, and I looked at the bulletin, I said, that's my Scripture for this Sunday. <laughs> so get over it. I'm going to say it again. So, so listen as the word of God is spoken and proclaimed for your hearing this morning. Uh, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Uh, noticing Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is like it. 
love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Those are the two things. Love God, love others. Just that clear. God says we can, we can talk about a lot of other things. Now you can go into the scriptures and you can read all about the old covenant. You can read all about the new covenant. You can read all about uh, the life of Jesus. You can read the life of Paul. You can read the life of Peter. You can read the life of all the disciples. But all we really need to remember, if, if we would just focus our attention on these two simple commandments is love God, love others. And it will radically transform the way you live personally, the way I live personally, and the way that we live with others. So here's the first point. I just simply want you to write this down. You know what's coming. It says, love, love the Lord. That's what we're called to do. Now, I want you to read this, the first part, verse 29 and 30, and, just, and read this with me. Jesus answered, read this with me. Jesus answered, the most important is this. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, now look up here. Let's keep looking at the text. So what we find in this text is that we are told the what and the how to, to follow this first commandment. We're told the what and the how of how to fulfill this, this, this commandment. The what is love the Lord your God. And the how is with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength. So right there, uh, we are simply told the, the what and the how of how we are supposed to live our lives in this, in this bell curve, that if we live our lives according to these two commandments, this, this first command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and if we do that, if we're strictly on that alignment, uh, amazing things happen. But here's, what's hap here's what happens in your life, and here's what happens in my life. There is something called the power, let me get the right phrase, the power of lesser things. The power of lesser things. So let's, let's describe what, what, what do we mean by lesser things. Uh, let, me, let me go back to the whiteboard because I know you're going to want to have a picture of this when I'm done. And so the, the, the first thing is when we talk about lesser things, we talk about the power of, let, let me just throw one out. What, what is, what's a good one? Um, why don't we talk about the power of money? Can we talk about that? So, so here's what happens. Uh, we, we get in here and, and uh, we, we, we start talking about money and money comes in. And, and, and I don't know about your life, but money has a way of, uh, it's almost like I want, I'm chasing after something. There's acquisitions that I want to chase after. There are things that I want in my life. And, and what happens is that it moves me off this base of loving God and loving others. And sometimes I go out here and, and I, and I kind of spin, spin my wheel over here uh, for a little bit. Oops. And, and I keep on spinning my wheel over here. And eventually I come back here. But it, it, you know what? It takes up a lot of energy, doesn't it? Does any, does, can anyone agree with me on that? It just, it just kind of, I live out there and I have all this energy and it just kind of, why the heck did I do that? And, and so that, that's one. Somebody give me another one. What, what, what's another one that uh, seems to pull us away from uh, loving God? 
oh, acquisition of, I'll use your word, Carolee, stuff, right? Does, does anybody else have a problem with uh, stuff? Some of you need to go see a psychiatrist. Uh, I, I dare say that there's not a single person in this room who at one time or another hasn't had that challenge, that, that draw away from, if I just have this. And, and so what we do is, with, with the, the stuff is, again, it pulls us away. And then sometimes we go out here, we dance around here a little bit, and then we eventually come back here. You know, I, I could spend all day doing this, but it, it, maybe it, it's a self-promotion. Um, self, um, maybe it is um, uh, really looking at uh, how I can have this relationship over that relationship. And, and, and so, uh, really, why do we do it? Why? And, and I look at this and I'm thinking, you know, God made it as simple as God could. You know, we, 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 let me just remind you, in the Old Covenant, the, the, there's something called the, uh, the, the, the Torah, and in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Covenant, uh, there, there, there's 613 laws. Well, I guess, do you think they did pretty well following those? I don't think so. Well, then God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify this even more. I'm, I'm going to bring it down to 10, 613 to 10. How are you doing? How are you doing? And then, and then Jesus comes along. And Jesus says, you know what? Uh, they couldn't do 613. They couldn't do uh, 10. So uh, why don't we just do two? And that's it. So how are you doing right now? If you were to assess yourself right now uh, in, in looking, at this, uh, looking at this line, uh, where are you in this line Authentically, be, can you be honest with yourself at least? Can you? Right now, where are you in your ability to say, I love the Lord my God and I keep my focus there and these other things are not a distraction to me? What percentage is focused on God and what percentage is focused on other stuff? And that's where we live our lives. Uh, I, when I was a young, uh, young pastor, you know, I look at Robert and I, and, and um, I, I just re, it just reminds me, because I'm, I used to be, an, and I still try to be an avid reader. And back when I was about Robert's age, I, I would do, uh, I would love to read books on time management. Um, I, I really felt as a young pastor that I, I needed to be able to focus my life on time management and be able to accomplish as many things, many great things as I can. Because I, you know what, as a young pastor, uh, I was trying to climb the ladder. Like many people in professional lives, trying to climb the ladder. So I wanted to accomplish as many things as I could. So I, I read all these books, and, I, and I, in fact, I still ha have many of them. Uh, I'm going to use them for firewood this, this summer, this, this year. Uh, but, but I have all these books, and, and they all talk about a lot of different things that I need to do. And I, did, and I divided my life into 15-minute increments, and I was trying to do great things in 15-minute increments. Guess what happened to me? Yeah, I was going crazy. And, and then as I was reading one of these books, it came across my, 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 my reading this one line that just literally changed my life, flipped it upside down. And a line by Ted Ingstrom, uh, 
and, and, and Ted Ingstrom said this, God does not demand of me that I accomplish great things. Then he goes on to say, God does demand of me that I strive for excellence in loving God and loving others. And that impacted my life so much because what I did is I wrote it down on a three by five card. I put that three by five card, I, I taped it into the inside of my briefcase. You, you remember what those, those things are? And taped it into my inside of my briefcase so that every single time I opened that briefcase, I looked at that quote. Read, read it with me. God does not demand of me that I accomplish great things. God does demand of me that I strive for excellence in loving God and loving others. That's what God wants for us. And if we will focus our attention, God does remarkable things. And so then it leads us to the second thing, to the second of God's great commandments. And it, and it simply says, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Love your neighbor, read it, love your neighbor as what? Yourself. Can you go, go ahead and give it to me? Th read the last part. There are no commandments more important than these. Love your neighbor as yourself. When we were birthed into this world, uh, we were all given filters by which we view the world. The first set of filters that we, uh, that we were given uh, were, were what, what some call the family of origin uh, from our uh, grandparents, our, our grandmother, our grandfather, uh, perhaps our great-grandmother, great-grandfather, uh, uh, members of our family. We have this family of origin in which we looked at, at life through filters. And, and, and for a lot of us, those were wonderful things, but there were some things that were not so great. Another, another set of filters that we looked through are, is our personal experience. We look at life through our personal experiences and we, and we celebrate what life has to offer us and we say, that's great, that's not so good. And, but we make judgments based on our family of origin, based on our personal experience. And then there's one filter that I just cannot overlook today and because I think it's one of the most powerful filters that we view the world through and that is what we call media. And the media today is, 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 is forcing us, is, is challenging us to look at the world using filters that, if you ask me, uh, have very little to do with, with biblical standards and have a lot to do with the standards of what this world wants and not what God wants. And, and so I, I look at these filters and I, and I look at what, you know, my family of origin and I look at my personal experience and I look at media and then I look at situations. And, and, I, and I wonder, how do these filters help me look at the poor? How, how do they help us? Because I, I keep on hearing people say, well, people are poor because they're not smart. People are poor uh, because they don't, uh, they're just, um, they're, they're, they're stupid. The people are poor because they come from this country or that country. People are poor because of that. I, I'll just say it for myself, maybe people are poor 
because they didn't have the opportunities that, that I've had. Or, or, we, or we look at people's skin color and we say, well, they, they, they should have just stayed back over there. Or, 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 we, or we look at people who are, who are part of the LGBTQ community, the gay community. And we're, and we're, and we're gonna say something uh, derogatory, which happened this morning as I was outside. Somebody made a joke. Guess who didn't laugh? Or, 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 or we talk about uh, people who are who are part of a different nationality. And see, the technical question, the technical question that we must be asking ourselves, if we look simply at Scripture, nothing more than Scripture, is simply, who is our neighbor? When, when I look at the Scriptures, when I look at what Jesus did in, in the Gospels, Who did Jesus hang out with? The prostitutes? We can categorize sinners? That would mean us, right? And that's who Jesus decided to hang out with. And so I'm simply kind of wondering uh, today, uh, using the filters that you have or that you've, uh, that you've allowed to adopt you, because sometimes we just allow these filters to adopt us without us really thinking about it. So what, hap what would happen if you and I decided that we're going to decide to love others? What's, what's the qualifying passage here? Love others as you love yourself. And I don't know about you, but that means that I've got to do some changing. Please hear me. I'm not pointing a finger. Because I'm going to start with Tom. Because what happens, if I can go back to the whiteboard, please. What happens is that we begin to, to live life, and we are so far, we, we are so far, we're so far away from a living in alignment with God that we are making it such a challenge for us to get to this place where God wants us to be. So, what's challenging you today? I love God. What percent? A hundred percent? What are you reserving to live in the world? I love others. Do you love others in public? How about in your private life? And so simply what God wants for us 
is to look at this bell curve and say, I'm here, and I'm somewhere in this, I'm somewhere in here, and I need to recalculate. I need to rethink what I must change in my body, mind, and spirit so that I can live as a fully devoted follower of Christ. So I wanna, I'm gonna send you out of here in just a few minutes. But I wanna bother you. I wanna bother you to the core of your being. I love the phrase many years ago, Bishop Desmond Tutu said, I want to bother you so I can kick you in your butt. He used a different word. I want to bother you with the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the gospel of politics, not the gospel of hate, not the gospel of, of, of of bigotry, but the gospel of God, that his son, Jesus Christ, simply said, love God, love others. Let's pray. God, disturb us. Disturb each and every one of us because we are so, and some of us are so close to you and yet we're so far from you. And so God, open our eyes that we might see reality as it really is and that we might hear your voice simply say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. For these are the two and greatest commandments. Amen.